last year's first Sunday, we started in Matthew uh, chapter 1, so we'll, this year we'll start in Genesis, right at the beginning. So Genesis chapter 2, but those that sent a, a Christmas card to Joe Hoopengarner, he's in, he's in West Virginia. So those of you that sent a card to him, he wanted me to tell you, we're emailing back and forth, he wanted me to tell you, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sending a card to him uh, in the, 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 the isolated place that he's in. Very, very helpful and very encouraging. So uh, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to the Lord. So thank you so much for your kindness, and, and he wanted me to be sure, and, and thank you for that. All right, Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, and he closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he'd taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said... This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Verse 24. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be united to his wife. They'll become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. That's the verse I wanted to start with, but I thought it would be weird to just start with, they were naked. So I read the beginning part just to kind of warm us up. The man and his wife were naked, and they felt no shame. Chapter 3, we're moving right through. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say that you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you'll die. He says, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together, and they made coverings for themselves. Uh, the New Living Translation says that they, they, they covered themselves and felt shame. Verse 8, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? So that's what I want to ask us today. Where are you? And in fact, I hope it's something that we can ask each other the rest of the whole year. Am I trying to capitalize that today is January 1st and you've got all these ideas of resolutions and change and all the things? Absolutely I am. Yes, I am. No apologies there. Wanting to ask, where are you? And I've been thinking about this. You know, a little bit later in this story, just a few chapters later, you got a Cain and Abel, brothers, and God goes to Cain, he says, hey, where's your brother? And he says, famously, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer to that is, yes, yes, in fact, yes, in fact, you are your brother's keeper. So we can ask these things, and I also think about sometimes in the past 18 years, I've had conversations with younger people in my home, and I will ask a question. And they will look at me like I have no right to ask that question. At which point I have to inform them. I can ask you that question. I'm your parent. 
I'm allowed, because of my position, I'm allowed to ask you that question. And because of our position, not as pastor, but in the body, brother, sister, thumb, ear, knee, foot, eye, the parts of the body, we are all in a position to ask this question. Where are you? When I teach leadership and to the teams that I mentor, I talk to them about when something doesn't get done and you have to address something that was supposed to be done and did not get completed. And how do you do that? So I was just sitting with someone this week, it was on Thursday, and we were sitting in a one-on-one and I said, here's what you do. When something's not done, the person actually came to me and she said, I hate that I'm sitting here having this conversation with you, but what you told me to get done is not done. I said, okay, well, I'm going to tell you this for you, but I'm also going to tell you so that in your leadership role, because I'm training this person to be a leader, in this leadership role, you'll ask these questions as well. Question number one, when you don't get something done that's due, first question is, how are you doing? How are you doing? That's always the default first question. Well, how are you? Is there something going on in you that I can help with some situation, that's a compassionate question. How are you? Just like where are you is a very compassionate question. Like where are you? So how are you? That's the first question that I always ask. How are you? Secondly, if they're like, well, I'm doing okay. Secondly, are, are there any resources that you need that you don't have? Possibly the job didn't get done because you needed something and you just didn't have it. So how are you? Number two, are there any resources that you needed that we weren't able to give you, you didn't have access to. And then number three is, why am I only finding this out because I'm asking? Why didn't you tell me up front? Why didn't you update me? Why am I finding out now? So those three questions in the conversation of getting something done. And when we're thinking about where are you, that is a question of compassion. Because we are trying to move through. If this was just banner one, Not only would the green and the orange one be gone, but we'd all be gone. We'd all be gone. Arnick, what day did you get saved? He tells me a date. Next day, he's not here because we're just trying to get him saved. Saved, gone. If that's the whole point, we're just trying to get you saved and out. None of us are here except those that maybe haven't done that whole thing. It's not the point. The point is that we go from salvation to freedom to redemption and that we are finding freedom and that we are the hands and feet of Jesus and that we live together, work together, move together as a body. That is a process. It's a process. Now, one of the things that I want to bring out, two things really from this particular reading. Number one, I, I pointed out they were... They were it's so interesting. It's so beautiful. It's so awesome that they were naked and not ashamed. That is innocence. There are sweet little babies in here that have gone over to the nursery, right? Christway babies. Now, one of them got out. And they got out during a diaper change. And so they come running through here buck naked. We're going to be pulling out our phones, taking pictures like, that is awesome. It's so fun. And they're just like, hey. And they run up on the stage and run around, you know. If the adults watching them do that, not funny. We will not be taking pictures. We'll be calling the authorities. Right? Not the same. There's a level of innocence that's different. 
naked and not ashamed. And then just a few verses later, because they failed, because they failed, they were shamed. And that's a really old story, but it's a really modern take. When we fail, failure becomes identity. That's what shame is. Failure becomes identity. And then, what do we do? We always try to cover it up with our own righteousness, and we hide. We always do that. Not a surprise. And and so, moving into 2023, when you fail... Do not let failure become identity. Do not try to cover yourself with your own Christian righteousness. Do not do that. This is my gift to you. You're welcome. 2023, don't do that anymore. And definitely do not hide. But let me tell you why some people do hide. They hide because of us. They don't hide because of Jesus. They hide because of us. They want to come to church. I had a conversation with someone this week. I said, do not self-select out when you struggle, when you fail. I had that conversation this week. That person is in the room today. I said, when you struggle, when you fail, do not self-select out. But I know what church people or I know what, yeah, yeah, the problem is the church people. (laughs) That's the problem. We are going to be accepting and open Because we defend space. We defend a space for people to come into it that allows God to touch them. They don't have to hide. You don't have to cover up with your own righteousness. You don't have to tape on Christian things. Just show up. Let the Lord touch you. We are all sojourners. I ask people often, I said, do you think I got to preach this Sunday because I didn't have a sinful week? Do you think I got to preach this Sunday because I didn't raise my voice to anyone in my home? Do you think that's like we go through this little thing on Thursday and if I pass, then I get to preach Sunday? Do you think that's how this works? Because that's not how this works. It is his righteousness. You don't have to cover up and you don't have to hide and you don't have to feel shame ever again, ever again. We just say it like this. You don't have to live like that. You just don't have to live that way. It's also interesting to me because there's this doctrine and you know it aggravates me. If you know me at all, you hang around me at any at all, you know it just aggravates the dog out of me, that, like, well, you know, they were, sin separates us from God. Man, that just annoys the fire out of me. And it gets a lot of its foundation right here. Like, sin separated them from God. You know, they sin, and God can't look because God's a lightweight, I guess. I don't know. What in the world? They weren't separated from God. They were separated from the garden, They weren't weren't kicked out of God. They They were put out of the garden. They couldn't have access to the tree of life. They weren't disbarred from access to God, and I don't mean to be snarky, but just keep reading. Right? I mean, he's with them. He's talking to them. And I I checked it out. Isaiah 59, verse 2 is the verse in the scripture that talks about, you know, because of our sin and different things. Yeah, yeah. Read it closely. Our sin blocks his face from us is exactly how it reads. And sin is never the issue anyway. Sin is the fruit of idolatry. Of course you've turned from God. You turned from God before you ever sin. Did you know that? Did you know that we fall into idolatry before we ever sin 
because sin is the fruit of idolatry. I'm looking to a different God. I, take me up on it in 2023. The things that you're doing sinning, start writing them down and check out if the source of them is not looking for acceptance, belonging, community, and purpose from some other God. And when you look to some other God, you've already turned away from him. And even if, even if God is not able to handle our sin, Jesus surely can. He touched lepers. He hung out with hookers, tax collectors. He surely can. And you know the Holy Spirit can. We know the Holy Spirit can, right? Because the Holy Spirit indwells us, and we sin. That old boy would be dizzy, some of us, right? Like, whoop, out, whoop, back, whoop, out, whoop, back. The whole thing just doesn't make any sense to me. Outside of, God can handle it. You've never, you've never been isolated from God. Never. Never has his love shown to others and not you, ever. You may block it as I block it. I could have someone come hug me and I don't reciprocate the hug. Okay. I want you to know that when you move into this new year, so many times we feel like we did something wrong. So many times, like the woman at the well, we know that Jesus isn't supposed to be talking to us, but he does. And we want to be able to receive it. We don't want all that mess, all that junk. We want to be able to receive and walk in his faith and in his righteousness. So so where are you? Where are you? That's what he asked Adam. You think he asked him because he didn't know? The joke around here, because I'll say, hey, how you doing? You know, and just, hey, passing, hey, how you doing? And if I ever say, how you doing, really? How you doing, really? People like pull out a chair and sit down, you know, because we're going to like, you sense things. We see you. We know you. We love you. That's been said. So when we ask, where are you? That's a loving statement, a loving question. And in the whole process of the year, where would you like to be? I would like to have Christ formed in me in an even greater way. Anybody else? I don't just want to be more Christian. I don't care about that at all. I want Christ formed in me. He said that when you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's the way I want to keep his commandments, because I love him. And that love is in my heart and my life, and it sustains me. And I am rooted and I am grounded in it. That's what I want to cultivate. And that's what we're trying to do through these intentional pathways. We have that. I wish you could see it. They probably, I probably could have asked them to throw it up on the screen. But there's eight steps. And the first three, one, two, and three, are salvation. Four, five, and six are freedom. And seven and eight are redemption. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And one and four and seven are the ones that we can look at you and say, where are you? One is attendance, and you're here. So thank you for being here. And thank you for being here for you whenever you need it. But thank you for being here, thank you for being here for someone else. Because they need it. 
That's super powerful. And if you want to check your maturity and your walk with God, when you realize that you come to church on Sunday for someone else, you're maturing. You're getting stronger, getting wiser, you're understanding. Yes, for me. And there are days that I need to come here just for me. There are times I come to the altar. One time I came to the altar and prayed, and nobody came and prayed with me. This was a couple years ago. And then I came up to preach, and I said, hey, <laughs> not sure why no one came to pray with me. Like, I need prayer. Two. So please don't ever let anybody be alone ever again. Doesn't matter who it is. Because we all have moments. And we need people to come around us. There's no shame in that, right? We don't have to live like that. There's no shame in it. It's a struggle. We don't know what's going on. I could be tried. I could be tempted. I could be praying for someone else. Or I could be rock bottom struggling. And that's where I need to be. So let us be there. And let's surround that. So you're here. Step four is what we talked about Josh and Mindy leading. Connection. Where are you Monday to Saturday? So I might say, where are you Monday to Saturday? And I'd love for you to say, well, I'm, I'm in this group. Or I'm meeting with these people. Is it important? Yes, it actually is. It actually is important. Important enough to ask you and important enough to follow up. So you're finding that out. And then seven, seven is serving. And serving is Sunday again, but it's a different kind of Sunday. You want to be a face in somebody's story. So I might ask you on a Sunday morning, you got number one check, you got step one checked, but what in this year will you do to find yourself as a face in someone's story on a Sunday? Where might you serve? Maybe it's up here. Maybe it's with children. Maybe it's hospitality. Maybe it's serving behind the scenes. But somehow, you're helping all this happen. And you know why we give you an opportunity to serve? For you. We give an opportunity to serve for you because it's the outflow that we all need. That's the process of growing. I was saying this morning, when I was a kid, I would go to Chinese restaurants, and we must have been traveling, because I don't even think my little hometown had a Chinese restaurant, I don't think, but I used to go to these Chinese restaurants, and they'd have a, a placemat. And I guess I entertained myself while I waited for the food to come, because it was all the years, the Chinese New Year, all the years, right? And there was like the year of the dog, and the monkey, and I think there was a rat, and I think there was like, I, you know, anybody remember those things? You can say those Wait, anybody else waste time doing your food game? And I'm like looking through in the year of the, the year of the monkey and the year of, my, mine was 1968 was the monkey and all the attributes of the, 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 the monkey, which I'll just leave that. I'll let that go. So here's what we're doing. 2023, the year of the Lego. That's what we're going to do. It's the year. It's the year of the Lego. It's the year that we are going to It's the year that we are going to connect. We are not going to be randomly around the floor and people stepping on us and saying cuss words. We're not going to be that Lego. We're going to be the one that connects. The year of the Lego. Am I trying to be cute? Yes. Am I trying to be serious? Yes. Connections. I don't know if a black Lego and a green Lego go together. Well, they sure do. They sure do. I was thinking of Ron Hodge, Senior, Senior Ron Hodge. He's out of town. He and Pam are traveling. But I was thinking about him. So if Ron is your Facebook friend, you know that Ron is studying German. So I was thinking about Ron. I was going to ask him. I said, man, 
I, was, I wanted to go up to Ron and go, uh, Senor, Senor Ron, Senor Ron Hodge, donde esta usted? I wanted to go up and ask him. I wanted to say, uh, usted tiene comer con mi familia esta tarde en mi, uh, en mi casa? I wanted to ask him that, and I wanted to hear what he had to say. <laughs> Somebody said, see, okay, well, come on over, right? And he might come back at me with German, and I'm like, man, I'm trying to like, donde esta, right? What is donde esta usted? What does it mean? Where are you? Donde esta usted? Where are you? And then he comes back at me with German. I don't know German. I don't know anything. Like, I don't even know a word. Nine, maybe, is the only word I know. And I don't even know what that means. Is that no? Yeah. I don't even, right? And he comes back, and I'm like, oh, man, I want to connect with Ron. I want to connect with him. But I'm speaking Spanish. Donde esta? He comes back with German. And you know what I'd be doing? I'd be standing there, and he's standing there. I'm like, man, I wish I could tell you that we could get together. I was just inviting you over to my house this afternoon with my family to have lunch. I wish we could communicate. And he looks over at me and he says, we can. <laughs> I'm like, you speak English? I do speak English. Well, you hit me with German. Well, you hit me with Spanish. <laughs> what do Ron and I have in common? Ron pastored a church. I've pastored a church. Ron's a parent. I'm a parent. Ron's a veteran. He was in the Air Force. I was in the Navy. We have that in common. Ron took me one day to go deer watching. <laughs> so we did that for a few hours. We got that in common. There are things that he and I can connect on. But we have to dig a little bit, look around a little bit. I am encouraging you, let me be super clear. I am encouraging you for your benefit. Be proactive. You be proactive. I'm encouraging you for your benefit. We're trying to make pathways. We're trying to set things up. We're trying to help. But it is really about you walking that journey. And it's really about you being able to proactively answer the question, where am I? Where am I really? Where am I? Monday to Saturday. And on a Sunday, I'm here, but am, where am I moving through that path? And how is it building in my life? And where is the fruit? And where are the connections? In the addiction world, we say the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. We say the opposite of addiction is connection. And I tell folks in that program, if you leave this program, connected to God and connected to someone else, your chances of success are huge. If you have one of those and not the other, they're not as good. Not as good. And if you have none of them, we'll see you, we'll see you soon. So you've got to have all that. got to have all that stuff together. Uh, I'm, I'm closing. Come on up, man. I'm going to read one final passage in Ephesians Ephesians 3. This week, this week I was uh, reading, and I heard about sequoias. 
Sequoias. Massive trees. Massive. 275 feet tall. That's unbelievable. 270, 300 feet is a football field. Right? So flip a football field up and that's the tree. And just a forest full of them. Now, I was taught and understand that you look at a tree out here and what you see above ground and the branches and everything can almost model what's underneath. A big single root system, you know? But did you know, because I didn't, did you know that sequoias, the mightiest, the most majestic, have shallow root systems? I mean, the bigger the building, the deeper the foundation. That's how it all works. Not for a sequoia. Not a kind of a big tree. A massive tree, right? You drive cars through it, right? You see the pictures? They like cut the cars drive through and roads through the tree. A football field tall and a shallow root system. How does that work? How does it work that with all that mass and all that surface area, they're just not getting knocked down by winds all over the place? Because their root systems, although shallow, not only intertwine, but fuse together with other trees. Not just like I'm kind of leaning on Arnold, he's leaning on me. Like, we lean together, and before it's all over, we're like Siamese twins, which some people think we might be. Anyway, right? Just like it just fits together. It fuses together. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. This is such a powerful reading. I, I wanted to, like, make an executive decision that this is the, these are the five verses that open every service for the rest of the whole year, you know? When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. This would be a prayer that I pray for you, a prayer we pray for each other. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then, would you say that with me? Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes that path, this message, those banners, all an encouragement for you to be made complete with all the fullness that comes from God. And that our roots, it's not about us having deep roots and standing on our own. It's never been about that. It's about those roots intertwining, connecting and touching and fusing. And so when something hits me, 
you're there. When something hits you, others are super close by. We're there together. It's a body. This group today is the body of Christ. Let me pray with you and then we're going to sing. I'd like our prayer team to come up, the folks that were around the room. Because during this song, I want to give you an opportunity to come to them and pray. Maybe something highlighted for you. Something that you feel like was in your way. Maybe it's the shame part or thinking God turned from you or not even knowing how to connect. And if you say something to one of these folks and they're praying for you, you say something to them and they don't have the answer, they can come and ask me and I will follow up. I will follow up with you. Our team, our leadership team will follow up with you. We take this super seriously because we really believe it's what allows Christ to be formed in you so that you experience the fullness of it all. That's the goal. That's the goal. Lord Jesus, help us uh, capture this moment of determination, this moment of planning and thoughtfulness and awareness and openness, this moment where we say, okay, I'm going to change some things this year. I'm going to live outside of shame. I'm going to live above all that. When failures happen, I forgive myself and I reconnect. I reconnect with the community. I reconnect with you, Jesus. I let you embrace me. I let community embrace me. Our root systems intertwine. Our root systems fuse together. We walk together. The beginnings of these multi-generational groups walk together, fuse together, grown together. The prayer breakfasts and the groups that are going already grown together, bold together, fused together. Let it be so, Father, and help us to live in that fulfillment and live in that place. Pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Don't let this moment pass you, okay? If you feel like you need to pray about anything, if you're not even sure what you need to pray about, don't let these moments of connection pass. These are moments of connection now. How do we say it? Connection now for connection later. All feet together. We are his body. What a privilege. Let's sing together.